1: LSU Tigers, you've got a problem. It's Paul pitching. Steph Curry, move aside. Jason Tatum takes over as the king of game sevens. And the debate rages on in the softball regionals. Oh, yes, indeed. Baton Rouge ought to be a dandy. And that's what's going on today, Monday, May 15th, the year 2023. Yours truly here, Studio 1A, my main man, James Mesh. Back in the producer's chair in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette, also on one zero four one. In Lake Charles, under the letters of KLCJ. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The blonde bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Oh, baby, there is uh issues when it comes to LSU baseball. Paul Skeens, man, unbelievable. After that, what you got? What do you got? Man, man, man. They lose two out of three to one of the bottom dwellers in the league. LSU was number one in the nation before the 2023 season for the first 12 weeks of it as the Tigers won six or seven league series with two sweeps. Over the last two weekends, however, LSU was two and four in the SEC with series losses to teams that were near the bottom of the league just last month. Auburn took two out of three against LSU two weeks ago. And over this past weekend, Mississippi State, who was 8-19 in the league, took two of three at number two ranked LSU. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. The Tigers fell to number five in the Baseball America poll today at 39-12 and overall, 17-9 in SEC play. The Bulldogs entered the series last in the league in pitching with a 6.90E earned run average, but they managed to hold the league's number one hitting team to seven hits on Saturday. And LSU scored zero one runs in four of the last five innings for a nine to four loss. LSU had led four to two after seven innings. On Sunday, LSU led state 13 to four after five innings, but somehow lost 14-13 to in 10 innings in one of the biggest collapses in LSU baseball history. Woo! Woo! The numbers, they speak loud enough. LSU's 11 relievers on Saturday and Sunday. 11 relievers combined to give up 21 earned runs on 25 hits through 10 and one-third innings. You know what that's an ERA of? Hold on to your seat. 18.29. The Emperor has no pitching, and it's coming up at absolutely the worst time of the season. I don't know what... The coaching staff does. I don't know how you can find somebody right here, right now. I said give Thatcher Hurd a chance. Ooh, woo, bad. They've tried everything in any one. This team's gonna have to hit, and they're gonna have to score a lot of runs until they can find a game two and game three starter. Ty Floyd was okay as a game two starter. He just throws a lot of pitches and he can't last that many innings. So Houston, we have, uh, we have a problem without question, without doubt. All right, let's get it. Let's get it underway. Um, The NCAA softball tournament selection committee has come up with their tournament, their field and their hosts. an LSU with a number 10 national seeding, They have been assured, and now they will host a first-round regional tournament at Tiger Park this coming weekend. They'll play SWAC champion Prairie View in a first-round game Friday. And then the Ragin' Cajuns, upset that they're not playing at home, will also be in the field as the number two seed. The Raging Cajuns, 46 and 13 overall, will play third seeded Omaha, which is 33 and 15. If the Tigers win the first round, they will likely have to travel to Seattle for a super regional series against Washington, unless the number seven seeded Huskies are upset in their regional. And who knows? They may get upset by. McNeese, who enters the Seattle region along with host Washington, Minnesota, and Northern Colorado. So the softball tournament is underway. And, um, yeah, so there you go. New Orleans Saints had their rookie training camp over the weekend. We'll, uh, we'll talk later on in the show, uh, coming up shortly with Chris Roseverglue. The Saints did sign wide receiver James Washington to give some depth. They had four um, slots available on their 90-man roster, so James Washington signs with the Saints. Um, and we said it before, one of the feel-good stories is Foster Moreau um, signing with the Saints after being diagnosed with Hodgkin Zilfoma seems to be on the on the mend and doing well here's head coach Dennis Allen talking about the former Jesuit Blue Jay LSU Tiger now New
2: Orleans Saint well look we, we uh, only had him here for you know a couple of days I like the addition like the person like the player he's got some versatility he can play both in line and in a move position uh, he's smart he's tough. You know, he's a lot of the characteristics that we look for in in, uh, in Saints players. So uh, I think he'll be a good addition. I like the fact that, you know, Derek has some familiarity with him.
1: He does have some familiarity, and that's a great, great story. The NBA playoffs, well, there was a game seven in Boston. How many teams go to the Garden and actually win a game seven? Not many. You can put the Philadelphia 76ers on that side of the column as well. As Boston just erupted in the third period, outscoring Philadelphia 33 to 10. 10. They've got the MVP in Joel Embiid. They have a former MVP in James Harden, and they score 10 points. Are you kidding me? Uh move over, Steph Curry. Steph had a 50-point. Game seven, uh, game earlier in these playoffs. Now, Jason Tatum in 42 minutes, Tatum scored 51 points to go along with 13 rebounds and five assists. Jalen Brown had 25 points and six rebounds. Malcolm Brogdon had 12, all three in double figures. Al Horford did an outstanding job defensively, came up with 10 rebounds. And the Boston Celtics survive and advance into the Eastern Conference Finals, where they'll take on for the third time in four years the Miami Heat. Yes, indeed. Holy cow. And, of course, in the West, it'll be the Lakers and the Nuggets. That game won tomorrow in Denver. Game one of the Heat and Celtics in Boston TV water. Garden on Wednesday. So a game Tuesday and a game Wednesday, and then alternate game days from there. So uh, we're down to the final four in the NBA playoffs. Those are just some of your headlines of the day. Let me tell you about our guest list today Chris Rose for Glue. Apparently, Jake hayner uh, put on quite a show in the Saints rookie camp. We'll get his thoughts on that. We'll get his thoughts on James Washington signing with the Saints. Uh, Glenn West will join us as we dive into, look, we've given them all the benefit of the doubt. They've got a tremendous, tremendous lineup, and they've got the greatest picture maybe in LSU baseball history. But after that, throw it in the bag, and who knows what you get. And at the worst possible time of the year, this LSU baseball team is going in the wrong direction. We'll talk to Glenn West about that. Ali Cassell in our number two on the NBA playoffs. Blake Ruffino will recap LSU's recruiting weekend. Uh, Logan Diggs, the running back, was in town. We'll see how that visit went and a whole bunch of other things as well. So congratulations to LSU, the Ragin' Cajuns, and McNeese. Their softball programs, not bad when you got three in your own state in the field. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. All right, uh, we'll take our first time out of the day, Chris Rosevoglu, because i got to start off with something good. I don't want to delve into this LSU baseball team just yet because I'm just uh, – can't do it. So we'll talk Saints with Chris Rosevoglu
0: next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Riding coasters. Live music. Fried fair food. Uh, The Cajun Heartland State Fair is back. And the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving away family packs of ride tickets. Just text CHSF to 337 283 8100 for a chance to win a family pack of tickets. That's 80 tickets. What? To the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 25th to June the 4th. Brought to you by the Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
0: Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hi, right, we are back. It's 17 minutes after the hour. LSU baseball talk uh, still to come. And, um... Uh... Now, that'll be interesting, but I want to start off on a on a good front, and I'm going to talk about the New Orleans Saints. They had a little rookie mini camp. They um they announced a uh, uh, a signing of a wide receiver. So let's get right to it with our buddy Chris Rosevalu, our secret uh, agent to the Saints, and he's kind enough to join us. Chris, good afternoon, sir.
3: Good afternoon, Jordy. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, Okay, so James Washington, tell me about this guy.
3: Yeah, former second-round pick out of Oklahoma State. Uh, I I don't want to say necessarily a speedster in terms of the 40 speed that's just blazing, but his specialty is going to be getting down the field. In 2019, he had about 17 yards per reception. It was about 40 catches for 700-plus receiving yards. I think that with him, you're taking a chance on a guy that has a lot of talent, There's a little concern about the injury. He signed with Dallas last year, has a foot injury, holds him out all the way to December. And at that point, you kind of thought he'd be the number three to Gallup and C.D. Lamb, but that foot injury really just kind of hurt him to to really get it going. So you're taking a bet on talent here, and I'd imagine you'll kind of see him battle it out with guys like Trey Smith, guys like Brian Edwards. So – Taking a chance on a talented player, adding another weapon to the receiving room. Overall, there, there really is no way to look at this and not be excited about it. Uh, and I love that the Saints are still being aggressive at this stage in the offseason.
1: Yeah, his signing brings the roster to 87 players. So the Saints still have at least three open spots to continue adding without having to cut players to make the room. Now, he's the third player the Saints have added to their revamped receiver room this offseason you got chris olabi michael thomas rashid shaheed traquan smith as well as new additions brian edwards and a.t perry so why why do you think james washington why do you think they brought in another receiver if um if if maybe they believed that what they had was good maybe maybe they don't believe that maybe they're looking for help along the way
3: I think it's two things. I think one part is you kind of try to hedge your bet, right? I think when you bring in a guy like James Washington, you know, you're expecting guys like Olave, guys like Rashid Shahid to take those next steps. And I actually think those two players very well will take those next two steps. What we saw last year, we all hoped to see Michael Thomas back. We saw Jarvis Landry, and we saw week one he played great. And we kind of thought, man, what could this wide receiver trio be? And then all of a sudden, it just turned into one guy. It turned into a solo act because, unfortunately, injuries affected Michael Thomas. They affected Jarvis Landry. So I think for New Orleans, what they're doing, you add enough talent here that you can withstand an injury or two. And there's also room to push guys around in in the sense that I think Traquan Smith, you want to see a fire lit under him. And I think bringing in a guy like James Washington, bringing in a guy like Brian Edwards, that will do that. And you want to attack the downfield portion of the offense. And I think with Derek Carr, he wants to push the ball downfield. James Washington's a perfect fit in that regard, so I love that. And, and we talked about A.T. Perry about a week or two ago and how yep. much we yep. love the potential, and he might be a steal. As, as good as he could be, he's also got to prove it, and what better way than to go up against a former second-round pick in James Washington. And if you could beat him out, that's going to say a lot about what this kid might be, not just this season, but maybe for the future.
1: Very good. I agree. Um talent add keep adding it and see what you got uh chris roseville glue with us the saints held their rookie mini camp this weekend seven draft picks 13 undrafted rookies for veterans and 24 tryout players um in a little nut light non-padded practice so what did we what did we see what did we hear what did we learn from these guys um as they try to make their way into the professional league of football
4: yeah
3: i think the you know immediate observations just from looking was you know brian brzee just being just a huge defensive lineman and there's not much for defensive lineman to do at rookie minicamp in terms of flash their skill set but you see him out there and he just seems like a mammoth amongst men and, and that's just exciting to see what new Orleans can do with him but in terms of guys that really stood out in their limited portions of workouts i think the two you're looking at is jay caner from fresno state i thought the rookie quarterback looked. Very precise with his throws. His footwork was phenomenal. He just looked really comfortable. And, and I know people are going to say, well, there's no defense. You're just throwing an open guy. I totally understand that. I just think yeah. for New Orleans, he's already further along than, let's say, a guy like Ian Book that they took two years ago, and it felt like it was a process getting him going. So I think there's this excitement there. Jordan Howard, uh, Howden, the, the Minnesota safety, they used him at deep safety, used him in the slot during workouts. I thought he flashed a lot of skills. And I think a player like him, you know that he has the physical intangibles. Now it's about finding a role for him. more so special teams early. But I'm excited to see what they do with him in training camp and maybe even preseason because the fact that they showed him in the slot, they used him at deep safety in those workouts, although brief, I think there's something there with him. So those are kind of the guys that stood out.
1: Chris Rose glue with us. Heaven forbid, um, do you believe that Jake Hayner – could potentially, if given the opportunity, give Jameis Winston a run for his money as the backup?
3: I, I'll say this. I, I think it would be tough because, you know, I think Jameis Winston, the backup uh, quarterback category, he's got to be an echelon of it. I mean, this is a guy with starter potential, obviously a great arm. But the fact that he looks so poised already leads you kind of to believe if he continues to do that, what's to say New Orleans doesn't wait around in training camp, and if a quarterback goes down, starts shopping Jameis Winston, because, you know, we've seen it before. Think about, you know, years way back where a guy like Sam Bradford got dealt, uh, admittedly for too much. It was a first-round pick at the time when he got shipped to Minnesota because Teddy Bridgewater went down. But quarterbacks get hurt all the time, and I think for New Orleans, uh, if he's even as so much making it worth a thought about that QB2 battle, then you might think about maybe shopping a guy like Jameis if someone goes down and getting something back for him. But I still right now anticipate Jameis to be the guy in that QB2 spot, but I am definitely intrigued by, by how comfortable Jay Kaner looks already. He seems like a guy that's kind of going into year two in terms of how he just he's so mature, he answers everything correctly. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I still think it's Winston right now by a good margin.
1: Is Chris Rose. I'm looking at pictures. I didn't go, obviously, but uh, Brisee and Foskey, man, they they look like athletes. Brisee doesn't have any baby fat or anything. He looks like a full-grown man. They look like New Orleans Saints defenders to me.
3: Absolutely, without a doubt, and that was one of the main takeaways for sure, and I think for Foskey, it's not just that he also looks apart. part. I mean, he's sitting there in the locker room talking about how eager he is to get to work with Cam Jordan and getting after the quarterback. And, you know, I think for Saints fans the last couple of years, uh, you know, the talent was there with Peyton Turner and it still is there. And the talent was absolutely there with Marcus Davenport. I think Saints fans want to hear a little bit more fire, a little bit more edge from their defensive end. Fosky seems like he just can't wait for them to put on a full pad and get to work. I mean, there's so much to like about this kid. And to your point – The Saints are not going to go away from their M.O. They want big defensive linemen. They're going to impose their will. And if these two can get on the field early, I think they're going to make a big impact. So we'll see what happens. But you can't look at their size and their strength and not be impressed.
1: Andre Miller, how close do you think he's going to be ready to go when uh, training camp begins?
3: So he said he'll be 100%, and I think that's the good thing to hear right there. He was running at rookie minicamp in terms of just being with the trainer getting himself loose, Uh, didn't participate in the drills, obviously. But the fact that he said he will be 100%, the Saints haven't said anything differently from that, I think that's a great sign for this kid. And, you know, he was already looking at the playbook with the coaching staff over the weekend. So I I think that there should be no concerns about him. I would imagine once July, late July rolls around for training camp, he's going to be ready to go, hit the ground running. And then it's off from there. You get excited about what he can do in the preseason and things of that nature. So uh, everything seems to be trending in the right direction for him.
1: And what's the latest on Michael Thomas? I know that um, Dennis Allen gave a little brief offering. What, what, what did you sense from it?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, when you hear it and, and you hear that a player is getting hardware removed from their foot, I mean, the first thing you think is that's yeah. going to be incredibly painful. And is that a good or a bad thing? Well, that's actually a good thing for Michael Thomas. You want to get that out, let it be a little loose, have no restrictions. Now, he's not going to be there yet. And I think that Michael Thomas – I wouldn't be you know, completely surprised if training camp begins in, the, in July and he's not a full go for the first week. But from everything we're hearing, he's progressing in the right manner. They expect him to be ready for the preseason. And I don't even know if he'll get you know, snaps in the preseason, but the fact that he should be ready is a great sign. But getting rid of the hardware is all part of the process. You want to get rid of it, uh, whether it was a screw or a plate kind of put in. We didn't get the full details of that part there. But this is kind of normal process for players. That's the next step of their healing. And that that's a good sign for Mike that he's getting it out of the way now. And he'll kind of have two months or so to kind of get himself ready for training camp uh, and, and get a, a get a better feel for that foot. So we'll see what happens there. But I still think it's, it's more positive than it is negative. So I'd be cautiously optimistic about Michael
4: Thomas. All
1: right, Chris. Um, first impressions are always very important. And a little birdie told me that uh, – uh, wide receiver A.T. Perry made a very nice first impression. Uh, apparently he's got some hands. The Boy, he, he uses those big mitts, doesn't use the body to catch, reaches out, gets it, high points it. Um, looks like he's got a shot here.
3: Yeah, A.T. Perry is, like you mentioned, he's a hands catcher. And it, it's fascinating because he started off early with a drop, and then the, it seemed like he was a little confused during one of the workout drills and you're thinking, okay, what's going on there? And then all of a sudden he starts making a couple big plays down the field. He had a nice uh, catch going towards the ground. And I'm, I'm excited about this kid, Six foot four, back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons at Wake Forest. It's going to be exciting, and that's why I love that they brought in Brian Edwards. I love that they brought in James Washington. If he can beat out two former Day 2 picks who are experienced yeah. guys in the league, that's going to say something about this kid. So uh, I think the best is yet to come, and I love that he, he had those kind of hiccups early in the first practice for rookie mini camp, and then he finishes with a, with a really nice uh, closing act, and I think that kind of speaks volumes about the type of player he is.
1: Chris, Dennis Allen said, quote, there's still some spots where we can add some players to our football team. We're going to constantly be evaluating that to see what we can do to make us better But yet, at the same time, I feel pretty good about where we're at. I don't see any significant holes on our roster. There's probably some depth things I'd like to make sure we shore up. Where is that depth an issue?
3: I think it's got to be linebacker. You know, I I love the idea of DeMario Davis and Pete Werner playing all 17 games together. I don't know how sustainable it is, though. Pete Werner, his first two years has battled through injuries. Now, he's excellent when he's on the field, but... He has been banged up here and there, and you don't have the luxury of Caden Ellis anymore being on the roster now that he's in Atlanta. So uh, I think that's the spot you're looking at. There's going to be, you know, you'll always kind of look around for vets there. I don't know if there's the perfect fit. Uh, I know former Saints linebacker Quan Alexander was meeting with Pittsburgh this week, so he could be off the board there. But I'm looking at linebacker, and I think for New Orleans, offensively speaking, I think they got enough talent at running back. I think they have enough at wide receiver and now at tight end with Foster in the building. But, I think maybe you look at O-line if you want another swing option out there, but I don't think that's a pressing need. I, I think linebacker's probably what they were alluding to there.
1: Whatever happened to DeMarco Jackson, the fifth-round pick a year ago from App State? Are they um,
3: – what whatever happened to him? Yeah, that's – I think that was, for him, you know, we kind of saw that linebacker depth on display for New Orleans last year with three linebackers kind of standing out from the pack. So I think for him – it's, it's one of those years where I don't want to say it's make or break for a player's career going into year two, but it might be make or break in terms of being that guy in New Orleans to kind of make an impact. And I think for him, whether it's working your way up on special teams or finding a, a way to edge guys out like Andrew Dowell, which will not be easy. He has been a, a guy that usually stands out during camp. Uh, I think that's what you're kind of looking at. I, I think that for him... It was just tough to crack the roster, especially as a day three pick, and knowing that they have experienced guys at that linebacker position. So okay. I, I think for him it's all about making an impact in training camp, and it's going to be really important that it's, it's early and often. It can't be a late-blooming situation. you got to put coaches on notice early and then make them think twice about whether or not you should be on the roster.
1: He's the best in the business. Chris Rose for glue. I can't thank you enough for your time as always. What's next on the calendar for the Saints, by the way?
3: Well, for the Saints, you're thinking about OTAs later in May, and I think that's where it gets really exciting because, you know, Saints fans okay. are, are dying to see guys like Derek Carr, and they'll get to yep. see him soon enough in May, although he's been around the building pretty much this whole time.
1: Sounds great. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Have a great week.
3: You too. Thank you so much for having me, Jordy.
1: He's the best. Uh, Chris Rose, we'll take a quick timeout. Uh, the Emperor has uh, no pitching. The bullpen has fallen apart, and LSU is hummeling when it comes to baseball. Glenn West will join us to discuss that and more next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: The game has a brand new app. It's now your one stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free mobile app today from your Apple or Android device. Just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
0: This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the EVCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: We're back 36 minutes after the hour. Let's delve into some LSU baseball as they have their final midweek game of the regular season tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Central Time at uh, against McNeese from Alec Box Stadium. Glenn West, go to Four, seven sports kind enough to join us. Glenn,
2: how you doing my friend? Uh, I'd say the, the weather outside uh, Baton Rouge is reflecting how poor <laughs> uh, it was in, in Alex box this weekend. For we sure. I've
1: had sunshine and summertime heat and now the, the heavens have opened up and LSU has, as we have said, a major major issue at the worst possible time of the year they were number one for 12 weeks. Now the latest polls come out. Wake Forest is number one, Arkansas, two, Stanford, three, Florida, four, LSU, five. Where does this guru pitching coach, Wes Johnson, go now? Because after Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd, okay, okay. And then what?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. So for thirteen innings uh, this this weekend, LSU was in a great spot. I mean, they had a full, complete game out of Paul Skeens, and then they had six innings of one run baseball from Ty Floyd um, to to really not to really kick off a great Saturday. Um, and then every single pitcher they brought out out of the bullpen just did not execute. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was not. Uh, a good outing for Thatcher Hurd uh, on on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, they went through eight different pitchers, I believe, out of the bullpen, uh, five over a two-inning stretch where really nobody could get an out. Um, it was really, really bad um, in terms of just what you were hoping to see just did not transpire on the field. Uh, because, I mean, look, Skeens and, and Floyd really set LSU up. Uh, to have a good uh, a good way to use their bullpen this weekend, uh, they had a great plan. From what we've heard, uh, the guys just didn't throw strikes. They didn't throw strikes, and they didn't uh, they didn't execute some of the pitches that they needed to. And give credit to Mississippi State they they came back with uh, in a fury on Saturday. They put up, I believe, eight runs over the final three innings on Saturday, yeah. uh, and then they put up fourteen runs uh, in the final. I would say. Uh, four yep. or five innings on 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 sunday to really uh to to really win the series and that was the difference
1: glenn you're up 13 to 4 at home yep. on sunday after 5 13 yep. to 4 and you blow that
2: yeah that's, 10 unanswered. Uh,
1: that's that is um mm, i don't know so t- i'm on the couch tell help me what do you what do they do
2: yeah, I, it's a good question. We tried to get an answer out of Jay Johnson on that yesterday. Um, you know, there's 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 really nothing that they can do at this point other than to um, just continue to develop, continue to reevaluate. I mean, you have what you have at this point. I mean, you're not going to have some miraculous late season addition that just comes in and, and really just changes your life because, you know, you you're just kind of are where you are at this point with this staff, and I think – the the best approach that you can have is if you're lSU um is to fully lean into this offense and, and really hope that those guys can carry you through uh into a deep run um, this is not a great position that lSU has put themselves in uh down the stretch here the last two weekends has certainly not been good uh, on the mound but you know you still have a week here to, to potentially maybe get some guys or get a couple of guys, uh, a little bit more comfortable pitching in the right situations, but uh it's it's a it's a major concern. And it's gonna be something that if LSU season does end before Omaha, I would put a lot of money on the fact that it's just not able to close games with its bullpen and as that yeah. as the primary reason why. They've tried everybody. Um they tried Christian yep. Little.
1: Now they tried Javen Coleman. Um Coleman went two and two thirds, gave up one run, didn't give up. He walked three, struck out five. I know they got to bring him along gently He had 50 pitches in two and two thirds innings. So that's a lot of throwing there in two and two thirds, but I I just don't know. I'm sure they're sitting in their offices and they're game planning and trying to figure this thing out, but you're, you're losing to the bottom feeders, right? You're losing to Auburn. You're losing to Mississippi state. Now you got Georgia on the road and, they're at the bottom as well. This, this is precarious. I, I, I really have no answer. I have no clue.
2: Yeah. And, and look, Georgia's is a team that's been very up and down uh, of recent weeks. I think they've beaten Tennessee in a series, but they've also lost to uh, uh, Kentucky. They've lost to a couple other teams. Um, but they, you know, look, LSU has just got to, I think, figure out uh, just situationally, what they can do with some of these guys out of the bullpen. You know, I, I, Coleman was a, a really good example of this in the fact that they threw him two and two thirds innings, but his velocity really dropped off in the second inning on Sunday. Um, and you could just tell that he wasn't going to be able to get you into deep into a game, and that's to be expected because he's a guy that's coming off Tommy John surgery. Um mm-hmm. what what you didn't expect is the the freshman Gavin Gidry to to struggle like he did. Yeah. Um uh, uh Nate Ackenhausen. uh uh Christian Little, uh, Thatcher Hurd, uh, these are guys that you brought in from the transfer portal this year that you really thought were going to be significant pieces to your season. Um, they just haven't really panned out the way that you'd hope they had. And, you know, I know that a lot of people don't like to bring up the injury bug and the the, the guys who aren't there. But I would love to see where this team is at with a healthy Grant Taylor Uh, with a healthy Jaden Newt, um, uh, and certainly Garrett Edwards and Chase Shores, you got to see a little bit of this season uh, early on in the year, and they delivered really, really uh, fantastic performances before they got hurt. But uh, it's just kind of where LSU's at right now. I think they have a lot of guys that maybe they weren't expecting to have these major, major roles on the staff this year, and then guys who have underperformed when they got here. God, man. You
1: got Dugas hitting 310, Morgan 316, Cruz, four forty five, White, 396, Travinsky, 436. You got you got all the bats in the world, but that on Saturday, when they got some good pitching, they couldn't, they couldn't get the proper hitting. Here, here's my belief. I'm telling you, I'm gonna think I'm crazy because LSU should never say we're going to succumb a game. But I would start Skeens on Friday. I'd put Ty Floyd on Sunday. Just give me something, and hopefully. You win Saturday by piecemealing everything you can, but I guarantee you Floyd's going to be better than any third picture that any other team throws out there. That's what I would do.
2: Yeah, and look, teams are are starting to use a similar strategy against LSU. Yeah, uh, because you've got Skeens on Friday, scenes teams are just kind of punting that game anyway and throwing their ace on Saturday. Um, maybe that's something LSU considers if they see the the lineup card come out. Um, Maybe maybe they throw skeins on a Saturday or and then, then they shift guys around and, and make it a bullpen game on Friday. I honestly don't know the answer to what they're gonna be able to do because quite literally nobody came in out of the bullpen and showed you that right. they are a guy that could be relied on um in in a in a really high stressful moment. And I think that was one of the points that Jay Johnson made after the game was what we asked him is you know, we we we. If guys are, you know, feeling the fatigue at this late in the season, that's something we can't control. If guys just aren't up to to pitching in those environments, that's something we can't control. Um, what we can control is the situation that they're going into during the game, uh, the pitch the pitches that they feel comfortable with, um, and and they have. It's on them to execute. I mean, they they've had a whole season now, a whole off season. Where you know they've had with with Wes Johnson, the new pitching coach, uh, and they just they haven't executed the way that they needed to uh, in these game situations and in these high uh, leverage moments. Um, and it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be the reason why they don't make it to Omaha if if that happens. It's it's going to be on the bullpen pitching.
1: On Sunday, any questionable moves um, that uh, Jake Johnson made as far as maybe taking somebody out and pinch hitting for somebody else. I mean, mm.
2: yeah, I mean, he, he explained it to us after the game and without getting too technical, they felt like that bottom of the ninth situation there where they got the leadoff walk, uh, was going to be their best opportunity to win the game because they were so low on pitching. And so what they wanted to do initially was to bring in Ben Depolt, who was their best bunter. Um, and, and essentially move the base runner to second to get yourself in scoring position with one out sets up Trey Morgan, Dylan Cruz, and Tommy yeah. White. Um, but as the at bats were going on during that inning, um, they they saw all the balls that were being thrown, um, and I think that the plan switched mid mid at bat, and they wanted Nip Holt to 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 get to draw a walk instead of lay down the bunt, and okay. they got themselves into a really favorable three one count. Um, he, he he swings at one and then he actually lays down a, a nice bunt on a full count, but they wanted to get the walk there, I think. And so then you get Trey Morgan up there who was, you know, stellar at the plate, did a really nice job for throughout the entire weekend, really. Gets yeah. under a ball a little bit too much. It goes far, but just, you know, kind of runs out of steam. And it allows Mississippi State essentially to intentionally walk Dylan Cruz and, right. and Tommy White and you know the rest. There is Malaza the wasn't is able true. to punch it in, but yeah, that's it. Was just kind of the thought process there, and it was something gotcha. that just backfired. But yeah.
1: It yeah, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Dylan Cruz broke out of his mini slump, so to speak, on Sunday. Went three for four uh, with one run batted in, crossed the plate two times. So so that's a that's a positive sign
2: there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, you're gonna have to really lean on the offense here. I mean, that's what we learned. I think this this weekend is that. Um, If the pitching is not going to be able to help carry you and win games at the end, um, you you might have to score 17 or 18 runs to win a game. I mean, it's it's it might have to be that kind of situation. Uh, You know, usually 13 runs, you feel very comfortable that you're going to win that game with 13 runs. But yeah. um, And and look, I think another point that should be made here is I, I do think that this is the the worst that you'll see of the bullpen. So like, I I don't expect them to have another performance where quite literally nine different guys are struggling to get outs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you'll be able to stumble into maybe one or two guys a weekend uh, who can get you outs and can get you through two, three, four innings. Um, It's just about finding who those guys are on a given weekend. And it's going to be very much up in the
1: air. You watch him. Who would you, I mean, who, who was the Sunday starter at the beginning of the season?
2: Oh, shoot. You're, I'm, I'm really going back there. Um, Sunday started. The left-hander, right? Was, it was Chase Shores. Uh, well, Riley Cooper started on Saturday, and then they had Chase Shores starting on okay. Sunday. The start okay. the year. So he's gone. I,
1: mean, I, I, I think it's all I, – I think it's between the – I think these kids are scared to death of making a mistake. I think it's – They really do. I think they're, I think they're trying to pinpoint confidence. strikes instead of just going back and throwing the thing. They're trying to be precise, and you can't be. You just got to haul off and throw it and let the chips fall where they may – who would you guess would be – who would you put in there to start yeah.
2: a third I mean, game? To start a third game, I mean, look, I it's recency bias here, but you saw it for two and two-thirds with Coleman. I think yeah. you can get him through three, um, and, and I, I really think that you just have to piece together that last game. I don't think there's a guy that you feel like you can get five, six, seven innings out of. I, I think you have to piece it together. and um, Look, I think Gavin Guidry – uh uh Griffin Herring, Nate Ackenhausen, uh Riley Cooper. I would say those are probably your three or four most trusted pitchers um right now out of the bullpen. Um mm-hmm. uh and you, you just got to hope that one of them clicks in one of those games and you're and you're able to kind of just hold them off just long enough to win. So that's kind of where we're at right now. It's not a great position to be in, but no. like I said, they have this week and they have uh, Hoover, which is very much a postseason kind of feel to really see which guys respond well in that environment and we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm gonna
1: say the same thing I said about um Paul Skeens and the fact that you know he, he was getting out of there in the sixth inning and I know it's a number of pitches. Ty Floyd went six innings through it 103 times. How much how much deeper can they go with him? Can can we get him through to the seventh? i mean can they go one more inning with him can he can he get up to 120 pitches? or i have no idea
2: yeah i mean it's a fair question i mean they've gotten schemes up to about 117 118 at times he only threw 95 on friday which was actually great they got through seven and um he only threw 95 which is nice i think he probably could have gone out for an eighth inning if they wanted to um so yeah i mean look i think desperate uh, measures right yeah exactly you, you've got to get these starters as deep as you can because you know what's coming behind them and it's it recently it hasn't been much and so um I, I think it's it's going to be yeah very much on the pitching staff and those guys to make sure that they're uh as healthy and 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 can go as deep as possible into some of these games because they, they need they need those starting pitchers to go deep
1: it's like every game, and you need a quarterback. If you don't have one, you can't win. And right now, LSU's got one. Their backups—they get well, hurt. Need, right? You need depth.
2: You need depth yep. too in, in football, and certainly you need depth in the bullpen on baseball. No question. It's very, very much. Well, the same stuff. My
1: answer, Max Floyd, dude. I don't care if you're going to be on fumes. We're going—we're going to throw you till we can't throw you anymore. We'll yeah. give you some rest after that, and then. He with somebody, somebody step up, please. Yeah, yeah. Man, I've been on Thatcher Hurd's wagon. I hate, I'm not criticizing college athletes, but they're getting NIL money. So what the heck? Thatcher Hurd, come on,
2: man. We'll see if it's an come outlier on. with him because he did have three or four nice outings in a row before that game yeah. on Saturday. So we'll see if he can get back on track this week. But it's just, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know who's going to step up. And I think, yeah, they're you're those, exactly right. It's between, it's the, between ears and the ears, between those and it's, they, it's mental as much as they anything. are.
1: They need to bring Dale Brown in there and give him a motivational speech and get them to believe they can or run through a skip wall. Skip That's what they need. Skip, skip bertman was they a pretty need good need uh, uh, Yeah, they need it. Get motivator. both of them. Get both of them. Heck, let's go. Glenn West, you're the best. Thank you. I, right. I'm off the couch now, man. I still right. don't have an answer, but I'm off the couch.
2: I know. I don't have one either, so <laughs> we'll be sitting on it together, I guess. But Buddy, take care. Right. We'll talk to you after – We'll see what happens against Georgia. Thank you, as yep. always. Thanks. Right, Thank we'll, you. We'll,
1: we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: And our great partners, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted, and by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce.
0: Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry, he's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have yeah, at it, Give us a call on the hotline at 337 706 111 Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Alright, we gotta get a quick we gotta get a quick uh out of here. ex falcons Colts quarterback Matty Ice Ryan has joined CBS as an analyst. And uh, we've got the PGA Championship this week. We've got the run for the Black-Eyed Susans. We'll talk about all that and much, much more. Coming up, our number two, Ali Cassell. What is John Morant doing now? And the NBA Conference Finals are in play. And then Blake Rafino will join us as well as we talk more about the Tigers baseball and how did the recruiting visit of a much-coveted running back go this weekend? We'll delve into that and much, much more. So another busy week of sports here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Our number two, trade ahead.
0: Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, May 15th, the year 2023. I would like to wish each and every mother out there a hope you had a absolutely outstanding Mother's Day, Mother's Day weekend. Every day should be Mother's Day. Thank you to all the mothers for all you do. I miss mine so much. Think of her every day. I know she's looking down at me, and I hope she's proud of me. Uh, Love you, Mama Holtz. And, uh, yeah, so hope you took care of your moms um, because that's the thing to do. LSU baseball couldn't take care of things. They lost two out of three. Their bullpen, we we waxed – gloriously about it in our number one we'll touch on a little bit later here in hour number two as well uh, a team that with with so many expectations and so they looked impenetrable at one point in time 12 straight weeks as the number one team in the country and now losing back-to-back weekend series against some of the lesser lesser talented teams in the league Now they have their final regular season home game tomorrow against McNeese, and then they go on the road to wrap up the regular season in the SEC at Georgia before it's Hoover time and the SEC baseball tournament. They've they've got a great picture. they got the best picture in baseball. Then after that, Ty Floyd's been good. I think Ty Floyd needs to, to suck it up, and they need to keep him in the game. They need to get him up. Up in this pitch count. I mean, 103. Okay, dude. Weather's hot. Just keep on keeping on. Got to get them through seven innings. Got to. The bullpen is too sporadic and erratic and just all between the ears. I've seen it too many times. I've I've been around sports my entire life. Now these players are micromanaging. They are trying to throw strikes so badly. They're they're aiming rather than throwing. You gotta trust yourself. The coaching staff has to do a a a better job of showing these players they've got belief in them. Just rear back and throw it. Don't try and be perfect. Don't try and hit a spot. That's when you invariably will will be awry and you'll start walking and walking and walking. It's just it's all between their ears, I believe. All of a sudden, these kids haven't forgotten how to pitch. It's all between their ears. So we'll see. Um, I don't know how you feel about LSU and their softball regional. They've got um, the Raging Cajuns back in it again. Um, And whether you like it or not, that's just the way it's going to be. Whether you believe that the Raging Cajuns uh, deserve to host, okay, that's fine. But it is what it is. LSU – the Region Cajuns, Omaha, and Prairie View in the Baton Rouge Regional. Um, softball is, uh, in the SEC, it's, it's, it's downright ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they've got 12 SEC teams cracked the field of 64, 12 in the SEC. That's uh, that's pretty amazing, right? And of those 12, five will host as the number one seeds. Tennessee, fourth-ranked, LSU, 10th-ranked, Alabama, fifth-ranked, Arkansas, 11th-ranked, Georgia, 14th-ranked. Mississippi State was the only SEC team that did not crack the field. Of course, Vanderbilt does not have a softball program, so the regionals are set to start on Friday, May 19th. They'll run through Sunday, May 21st. The Super Regionals are scheduled to be Thursday, May 25th through Sunday, May 28th. And the Women's College World Series starts on June the 1st and finishes on June the 9th. So good luck to LSU. Good luck to the Ragin' Cajuns. Good luck to McNeese. They're heading to the Great Northwest, to Seattle, to be in the Washington Regional and uh, quite an accomplishment for them as that field looks like Washington, McNeese, Minnesota, and Northern Colorado. Step aside, Steph Curry, because Jason Tatum is now the all-time highest score in Game 7 elimination playoff basketball. Tatum had 51 yesterday as the... Boston Celtics at home disposed of the Philadelphia 76ers outscoring them by a ridiculous, ridiculous 33 to 10 in the third period, 33 to 10. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how to explain that other than Jason Tatum went off and, um, the celtics survive and advance yet again 112 to 88 33 to 10 in the third period that landsla- that snowball started going down the hill and philadelphia despite having the mvp in joel embiid who only finished with 15 points and a former mvp james harden who had 9 points in 41 minutes boston's defense was too good and when it wasn't too good, the Sixers weren't making shots. And Jason Tatum went off with 51 to go along with 13 rebounds and five assists. So the final four is set. The Eastern Confe- the, the Western Conference Finals get underway tomorrow. Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets. And with the Nuggets having home court advantage in that series. And game one in the Eastern Conference Final with the Celtics with home court. It opens up in Boston on Wednesday all right let's talk about what we've got I want to get to Ali Cassell real quick we'll talk more about these NBA playoffs Blake Ruffino will join us I'm sure we will rant and pontificate about this LSU baseball team I've got a theory I've got a I've got an idea I'll see if he likes it probably won't but I'm sticking with it um and we'll go from there so let's take our first break of our number two NBA hoops with uh Ali Cassell next
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
1: All right, let's talk some hoops with my main man, the editor-in-chief of At the Bird Rights, covering the New Orleans Pelicans, loves the NBA, my good friend, Ali Cassell. Ali, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, Jordy. Sun is shining. The rain has stopped. So, yeah. Rain has stopped. Ali, <laughs> we got you on Zoom, man. It's awesome.
1: It's awesome. Um, all right, let, I, where do we begin? I know tomorrow. Do we have the rabbit's foot out? Are we crossing our fingers, crossing our toes? Cause the NBA draft lottery will take place tomorrow. We'll find out where the Pels pick. I think they're at number 14 right now. I mean, come on, Ollie. what can we do?
5: I don't know. I, I think you need to, to do exactly what you said. Find everything that you consider lucky in this world <laughs> and carry it around all day. Cause the Pelicans odds are not good, Jordy to get the uh, number one pick point five percent chance to climb in the top four two point four percent now i do want to mention something like this has happened in the past and you know who did it it was the charlotte hornets back in 1999 they jumped up from 13 to three to grab and draft baron davis i'm sure you remember that and they only had back then 1.83 percent chance of climbing inside the top three so hey they that team had worse odds than the pelicans got
1: so i remember the line from dumb and dumber where He goes, so you say there's a chance, right? So there you go. One in a million. So you say there's a chance. Um, Were you surprised? I I know there's scapegoats all all over the place and, and we'll see what happens with some of these other teams, but the Phoenix Suns fired Monty Williams after four seasons. That's a scapegoat and a half there.
5: Yeah. You have to be shocked. Look what he's done in Phoenix is remarkable, right? That team, since the 80s, hadn't won really anything. Um, No sustained, right, winning. And the fact that you grabbed, you know, Kevin Durant, you've got that superstar in Devin Booker. And, you know, like I said, Monty had the respect of, of you know, a lot of the veterans in that locker room outside of those two. I am shocked. This screams to me that Matt Ishbia, the owner, is coming in, he just wants to basically put all of his guys in place. You know, I just don't understand when you give Monty – You give him Kevin Durant, but you know what you took away? You took away his rotation. So how is he supposed to win in the playoffs?
1: I'm with you, which takes me to Philadelphia um, and Doc Rivers. Do you think – he says he wants to return. Of course they all want to return, but i got to believe something's going to happen there.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, Doc does not have a good record right in Game Sevens, He's always seemingly given away – his teams, I should say – of of leads right whether it's been three one three two you name it and and you know what that stigma has followed him ever since what he won that championship in boston 15 years ago so if you're philly yeah it's easy to put you know make him the scapegoat because look he doesn't have that illustrious career of winning the big game and you've got to kind of pin it on somebody and i'll be honest with you jordy i'm not sure if i would put it on doc you know i'm not a fan of his but I will say that James Harden just being a no-show for, you know, the majority of this series, and then Joel Embiid didn't look like the MVP. I don't yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to win if your top two guys aren't legitimately, you know, as good as, say, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the other end.
1: Tie it around back to the Pelicans. Um, it's being reported that Willie Green would love to have a coach sitting next to him that had head coaching experience. People keep talking about Monty What uh, they they fired him. I mean, they fired him in New Orleans. Why would he, Why I guess, unless he just wanted a job, why would he go back there? So what do you think about, the, about that uh, situation?
5: I think the odds are incredibly low. Look, we know that Willie Green, Monty Williams have a good relationship and that Monty's currently out of a job. But number one, I've got to believe that Monty's still able to get a head coaching job. And there's a couple available right now, so he's not going to limit himself. And number two, your point is absolutely valid. You know, Mickey Loomis was here firing Monty Williams, and he's still here, right? And there's other people as well. And you've just got to think, he has to have a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth still, right, left over. So why would he join a staff to where he was rejected once by some people that are still in house? And number two, I'm not sure what his memories are, right? Because think about this. When he was here, Jordy, he still had his wife with him, right? So not only might it be hard on him, but maybe the kids yeah. that come back here, yeah, and, boy. you know, maybe You're those right. type of memories. So I just don't like the fit. You know, I know I'm, Monty and Willie, like I said, great friends, but I don't see it outside of that.
1: I'm with you. Uh, Ali Cassell uh, at The Bird Rights with us. John Morant. John Morant. Another gun video I don't understand what it means to be suspended from all team activities. It's the offseason. What does that mean? He, he's not going back to the facility anyway. So what does that mean? And where the, the league's gonna come down hard on this kid. I I gotta believe. I mean, you can't be doing this after you've been given a chance and you said, I'm gonna stay away from all this. I'm gonna take I'm gonna t- take the high road and man, he's back down in the gutter again.
5: It's incredible. It's just weeks after issuing an apology on air, right, He when yeah. Jalen Rose in an interview and basically said, I'm sorry, in as many words, you know, rejecting his actions, saying he will never do it again, and there he goes, and I just don't understand the mentality. So I'm with you in that, the NBA. I'm thinking they're going to probably suspend him for at least a quarter of the season. I'm hearing it could go by half right, a season, but look, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, yeah, it sounds you know, like you're doing something in terms of suspending from team activities, but boy, you got to take a lot more steps. And I'm really worried about right his future, Memphis Grizzlies future, because he just signed that contract, two hundred thirty-one million. Yeah, he supposedly got his life set right, his family, his friends taken care of, and he's choosing to do these unusually highly suspicious activities that. We think my costume, right? So yeah, his future is very much cloudy. And like you said, Adam Silver, he's met with him once, issued him what? Eight game suspension. you got to think this one's going to be so much higher.
1: Who is he surrounding him with? Who's taking these pictures and who's posting it? I mean, come on, dude, you got to get smarter than this. So talented, but so young, so immature. And the people around you, my goodness gracious. Uh, Ali Cassell with us, um, I just read I read a stat, and it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. The Lakers at one point in time were 2-10, and 10, and now they're in the Western Finals. It just makes me want to regurgitate.
5: <laughs> I'm right there with you. I mean, look, they could have been 1-11 had the Pelicans taken care of that one game, right? Yeah, Ice Daniels yeah. makes one and two free throws. Yeah, like uh, I said, 11 uh. and maybe the Lakers aren't even here in this position. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than Hey, they look like one of the best teams in the Western Conference in the playoffs. You know, LeBron yeah. looks like LeBron. Anthony Davis is healthy, and he's he's probably been the most dominant guy on the team, but they've got so many other pieces. You know, one night it's D'Angelo Russell winning you. Other times it's Lonnie Walker, what, pouring in 12, 15 points in a yeah. fourth quarter, right, against the Golden State Warriors. And they've got so many others. And look, Austin Reeves.
1: Reeves, Reeves has been fantastic. great. Yeah, he's been great.
5: Yeah, it's Georgia great Taylor. when you
1: have those kind of players and you can get uh, uh you know a half a step of a look um and that guy, that kid can shoot. I mean, it's all you need. So Denver, the number 1 seed, uh, how much seed? What what uh, nobody can stop Jokic. I don't care. Davis can't stop him. The question is does Denver is Denver's depth better than the Lakers? They look kind of I mean, they still got LeBron. I don't you know, Denver doesn't have a LeBron. So where do you, where do you think this series goes?
5: You know, I have even though Lakers have played well and they've taken what a couple of games in each series on on the away floor, I've got a tough times seeing them win actually in Denver, right? We know how harsh those conditions are for players. Yeah. yeah. But also that crowd and that team, that Denver team itself plays so well at home. I mean, this this isn't the Warriors, right? This isn't the Grizzlies. This team was number 1 for a reason. And I think yeah. they showed it a lot in that Phoenix series. I know they dropped two to them, but Overall, outside of those games three and four, Devin Booker went berserk. They dominated the series. So I think Denver's still my favorite. And I just think that Jokic is going to be the best player in the series. If he gets enough from Jamal Murray, uh, Aaron Gordon, Porter, then I think they'll win, right? I think the Lakers' depth is good. They're not – I don't want to say proven, but, boy, when you're depending on Reeves, Lonnie Walker, guys like that, I don't know. I'd rather take Denver's depth and chemistry. They've been together for years.
1: Love the Joker can bring you out. Davis is going to have to get away from the hoop. They got nobody else to protect the rim, and Denver's got a lot of players. At Porter and uh, you mentioned all of them. It, they're they're pretty darn good. Oh, Pentavius Pope, Sheesh. Yeah. pretty good. Um, Ali Cassell with us in the East. Jason Tatum was just ridiculous. How does how does Boston outscore the MVP from this year and a f- former MVP? 33 to 10 in the third. How does that happen?
5: Well, we know Joel Embiid wasn't healthy, right? I don't think he looked the same as he did before he had that injury, right? So to close the regular season, I thought he was moving a lot better. And you could just tell, right, in that game last night or yesterday afternoon, he had his first couple of shots, and usually those are the type of mid-range jumpers he was sinking with regularity. So he wasn't even in rhythm, right? So I think, like I said, that injury knocked him couple of notches below that MVP right. level. Right. And that's where Tatum, boy, those last five quarters he's played. Yeah. He looked like that MVP guy that we were saying he was in what the first two, three months mm. of the other season. See how important it is to have your star playing like a star.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. 51 uh surpassing Steph Curry's 50 from earlier uh in these playoffs, they get to take on the Miami heat. I don't know how Miami plays hard. They play smart. I don't know how they stay with Boston. I just don't.
5: Well, I think I've been saying that in all their series. Look, I thought the Bucks were going to beat them 4-1, end up Miami won 4 one I thought the Knicks were going to come out on top, right, in that last series for the Heat, and, and they still won 4-2. So even though I'm with you, I think Boston's got the best talent, even though Joe is not using much of his bench, right? I right. still think the right. Heat are going to get at least a couple of these games just from sheer willpower, right? Yeah. Spolster's got magic. So does Jimmy
1: yeah. Butler. Yeah. i am come to one conclusion, Ollie. <laughs> if wherever the Pelicans are, whatever their draft order is, wherever they land, if there's a Kentucky Wildcats still on the board, take them because they all become great pros. I, look at these, look at these playoffs and how many Kentucky Wildcats are in there and flourishing. It's ridiculous.
5: Yeah, there's, there's one, I think, sitting at 11 or 12 on some mocks, Kasem Wallace, right? A Take him. Right? Take him. Yeah, so I'm with you. There's some schools that always produce legitimate players, so that's not a bad uh, strategy, is it?
1: Man, it's not. What do you think of this Wembayama? Is he going to – you know, they had that. They had the kid that was drafted out of uh, Gonzaga who missed a whole year as the number one pick at Oklahoma City. And we're waiting to see what he's like. Big, tall, skinny, skinny guy. But this seven foot four kid, I don't know, I've never seen anything like this.
5: Yeah, I don't think the world has. I mean, he's got a wingspan of eight feet. He can shoot three corners off of one leg like Dirk, right? And so with that length, he's got agility. He's not some heavy guy. You know, some people are saying he's basically what maybe Kareem could have become. Had he grown up in this generation, right? So where he would have maybe taken more to, hey, I got to handle the ball more. I got to yeah. shoot the ball more. So I see it. He could live, legitimately be easily, what, a top three, top five big man if he fulfills his potential, yeah.
1: Is that why Ime Yudoka took the Houston job, thinking he would uh, get that kid and, and start, start his his, uh, his career over again?
5: Could be. But I'll tell you yeah. what, Ime Yudoka's probably happy just to be a head coach again, right, with yes. all stuff that happened in yes. Boston. Yeah.
1: Yeah. JJ Reddick interviewing for a coaching job. Uh what do you think of his abilities to possibly be a coach one day? Quinn Snyder, another dookie. Uh, did I think Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I what you do you think true. of JJ?
5: Yeah, you know, Mike shashevsky's produced a lot of guys. I mean, there's Chris Quinn. There, there there's multiple guards what? that are just smart, intelligent. They either end up on benches or in front offices. So J.J. Redick, we've heard him talk, right? He understands the game so well. I think he does a great job on ESPN broadcast, yeah, right? I agree. So yeah. I, I think opposing GMs, I should say opposing every GM out there is listening to him and saying, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about, so why not choose him, right? He's well-spoken, smart, well-liked, understands the league. I think he'd make for, you know, honestly a pretty smart hire. I know Toronto's been interested in him, but get this. What if Philly, you know, Daryl Morey fires Doc Rivers? How much – since is JJ Reddick make him feel. I think he makes a lot of sense because yeah. he and Indeed are good friends. He's played. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So who's going to be the head coach sitting next to sitting next to Willie Green? What, what do you think that's going to be?
5: I don't know who they're going to choose. I'll be honest with you. I'm still curious to see how the rest of this shakes out, but look, maybe it'll be somebody off of Monty's bench, right? If it's not Monty. Um, yeah. You know, I don't oh. know. Maybe With the Warriors, maybe they're going to have a couple of new replacements. So it's whatever shakes free from the tree that doesn't end up as a head coach, right? Because you look what Detroit still got to figure out their head coaching position. Um, who else? Toronto. There's several others, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um man. I, I lost my train of thought, other than the fact that um oh, so many, so many great players. I've never seen teams with more coaches than the NBA has. I mean, they got two rows of them. How many do they need? To shag balls and pass it out to the players. I don't get it.
5: You know what sticks out in my mind is when Willie Green first took the job here, everybody right ends up in Las Vegas. And that's where Willie coached as a head coach there. That's right. And he was surrounded by at least eight to maybe 15 assistants on two rows. So that stands out to me. I've been in a lot of summer leagues, and that's never happened before. So you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing (laughs) because, look, there's, what, four or five – uh, player development coaches, at least maybe oh. five or six assistants. And then, and then there's all sorts of other guys, too.
1: Yeah, they just, shag, they just shag rebounds and pass it out to the players. I mean, I could do that gig. Ollie, you and I could do yeah. that. Easy.
5: Yeah, they they need to test us, right? Get us a clipboard, see if we can come up a last-minute timeout. And if it works, right. we I
1: can do that. I can keep track <laughs> of timeouts and how many challenges you have left. That's easy. I can do that, and I can shag rebounds. Anyway, Ollie Cassell, you're the best. Uh, So we both have uh, Boston and and Denver in the finals.
5: I think so. I want to pick the Lakers, right, Georgia, just because I want to see Lakers-Celtics just from a sentimental standpoint. I grew up watching those in the 80s. Maybe
1: LeBron has one left in him. Maybe he does. And if he does, does he say goodbye, or is he going to wait for Bronny to come into the league?
5: (laughs) Well, he said he's waiting for Bronny. I think there's no doubt. But I'll tell Mm -hmm. you what, his regular seasons from this point moving forward, if he does win that next championship – He's probably going to take up 40, 50 games and coasting the others.
1: Absolutely. He's earned the right. Ali Cassell, thank you. You're the best.
5: Thanks, you. Great take to care, see buddy. you, man.
1: You're looking good. Thank you. you. Keep your dog's quiet. How did you do
5: that? The loud one's outside.
1: <laughs> thank you, man. Take care. Yep. Talk to you soon. Ali Cassell, uh, at the Bird Rights. Kind enough to join us. We'll take a time out here when we come back. LSU baseball, recruiting, all that stuff with – Lake Rufino. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And
1: you want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're a little bit low on cash. Hey, not to worry. The game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues as a member of our rewards club you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today
0: Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Quick update before we get to our next guest. Uh, According to reports, first James Washington, wide receiver, signed with the Saints. And now um, XFL defensive tackle Jack Heflin has signed with the Saints. An undrafted rookie out of Iowa. He played one season with the Green Bay Packers last year with the New York Giants appearing in five games. We'll see if he can make the Saints. We're thrilled to have our good uh, every Monday guest uh, from the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Rafino? Blake, good afternoon, sir.
4: Good afternoon, Jordan. What's going on?
1: Oh, good. Before we get to the other stuff, how did the recruiting weekend go? What have you heard about um, – Mr. Diggs and his visit uh the running back his visit at lSU this weekend
4: uh well, he was the only visitor on campus now. there were some other offers, nothing I think very significant at the current moment, but it could turn into that, but in reference to logan diggs he he had the uh full red carpet treatment, I guess is the yeah. new word and verbiage that we hear these days in recruiting um but, I mean, Joe, uh, Jordan, we, we shared a tweet of him on the visit that we got uh, exclusively, uh, and all the players offensively, current and new, a lot of them, were retweeting at him, meaning Logan Diggs, to come back home. So, that, that normally comes from, you know, the coaching staff trying to, you know, show love um, and wanting him right. to come back. And, and, Jordan, what people forget is Logan Diggs has two years uh, to play for LSU or any school that he were to go to, uh, so I, I think it was a really good weekend. I think that you know something that Brian Kelly has mentioned over the last couple of weeks is the the, the question mark around John Emery and Imani Goodwin, who had a little bit of a setback in rehab.
2: So right, now right. you would,
4: you do need another probably veteran back because that's what Frank Wilson likes to do is rotate backs by committee. You did that with all with three main backs a season ago, so. I I think it went really well. You know, you talk to people around Logan Diggs and his mom, who has really been in his corner on this one. Uh, It seems like it's gone very well. So the the hopes is that Frank Wilson and Sherman Wilson were able to close it out this weekend.
1: One thing that hasn't gone well, and we've got to get your thoughts on it, this LSU baseball team, um, Paul Skeen's spectacular. Ty Floyd, did a tremendous job. He just didn't pitch deep enough, and then the bullpen—it's just god awful, god awful. LSU loses another series. Now they drop to number five in the national polls, behind two other SEC teams. So go ahead, big guy. It's your—it's your—it's um, your call. You—you you just tell me what you're thinking about LSU baseball right here, right
4: now. You can't win doing this in the postseason. Yep. Just, yep. There's just no way. So. Uh, either you get things fixed or um, you continue down that path out of the pen and you just got to hope that you face teams and get really good matchups that you can absolutely smash. Uh, you gave up 24 runs shorty in two days. It's not, it's, not, it's not even that it's not good. It's not even relatively good. And everybody that are making the arguments, which you're not wrong about the injuries, so is everybody else. Yep. So yep. Arkansas has lost lost three guys, three rotational pieces in their bullpen. They're leading the West. UC Auburn, they literally lost a weekend series to the worst team in the Southland Conference, my alma mater, and Southeastern, and then when they got some dudes, some freshmen to step up, they are red hot. So I don't really think that there's any excuses. I, I don't, there are a couple of things that Jay decided to do this weekend that I have no idea remotely, Jordan, what he was doing. Uh, it was really the first time I questioned Jay, to be honest with you, uh, in his tenure at LSU, which I think is a good thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, but mm-hmm. letting Ben the poles. Um, pitch hit and bunt for Gavin Duga. when twice this year you've been down and Gavin Duga hit a home run to, to either give you the lead against Texas or, and or give you the lead against South Carolina. So I just don't understand some of these moves, and I understand that you, your bullpen is thin, but, Jody, you're going to have to run a, a Bucknam out there, and if he gets rocked, he gets rocked. I would rather... The Christian Little experiment of him just getting absolutely hit—I don't really mind that. At least he didn't walk everybody. There was an adjustment made, but the problem with that is—is is when you bring him in and you're and you're up eight runs, it, it's unacceptable. It, it it literally is unacceptable. So he, he, I don't want to hear excuses when Arkansas leads your leads your, your leads your division. And they've had injuries,
1: too. It's not an excuse. LSU's 11 relievers on Saturday and Sunday. This is gaudy. Combined to give up 21 earned runs on 25 hits through 10 and one-third innings. That's an ERA of 18.29. So, um. We we know what Skeens does. I right? no question about that. I thought uh, Ty Floyd was terrific, but he can only get six innings. I, I know he threw 103 pitches, but I'm telling Ty Floyd, dude, we got to get you through seven innings. I don't care if you throw 115 pitches. We're going we're going we're going to run you till you're out of gas, and then we'll give you rest. But we can't rely on this bullpen, so he's got to do it. And those two have been pretty darn good. After that, my goodness, I was all. Oh, man, give the ball to Thatcher Heard. Tell him you're the man. You're going to be the guy. Golly sakes alive. I am I mean, come on. Can't even get an out. Can't get an out. Gives up five runs. Five earned runs. Um, So where do you go? What do you do? Who do you give the ball to on a Sunday?
4: Well, I think you got to go Coleman. And I think you have to go um, Griffin Herring. Gavin Gidry and, and I think you're going to have to continue to throw Thatcher Hurd. And you're just going to have to live with with Hurd. You're just going to have to live with him giving up some runs and then having really good performances and then giving up runs. I, I mean, Jordan, at, at this point, it's all you can do. And Nate Akenhausen as well. I, I mean, Nate gave up two earned runs this weekend and two appearances. Still not that bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. And, and, and I, I hate to say this. I know he's going to give up a home run when he comes in. Like Money's only given up two earned runs in the last four SEC appearances, Jordy. So, Let me throw
1: something by you. And you can tell me I'm cra- Let me throw something by and you can tell me I'm crazy. Okay. I see all these teams. Uh, okay, Friday. Ooh, they got Paul Skeens. We're not going to save our best picture for that. We're going to put our best picture on Saturday. To me, what I would do if I'm LSU, I'm throwing base I'm throwing picture by committee on Saturday and hoping for the best. And I move Ty Floyd to Sunday because he's better than any team's third starter.
4: That's what I would do. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um hmm. I hadn't thought about that, Jordan. I think it's I think that's something that's very interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And you know, you bring up a point if if teams are gonna if teams are going to do what they're doing with you with schemes, I think that you make a really good point. Um, if they're going to do – if Georgia does that to you this weekend. But, see, the problem with that, Georgia – and, look, you only have one real weekend left where that's going to happen because I expect when you go into Hoover, okay, and you, if you do get a buy, let's, let's pray to God you do, you would probably throw tied tide in and, and game one, right, because right. you're in a double elimination series – so you really only have one weekend where you're having to do that. Now, the, once you get in a regional, okay, you'll probably do that again, right? Or, or what you could do is Johnny Holstaff if you're going up against a four seed, and just pray to God that you can out hit them. So, right, right. I, I think I, I think that you, your point is very valid. Now, will they do that? Will they do that this weekend against Georgia? Let's wait and see. But look, Jordan, I've said this the last five weeks. Go look at any show when we do our breakdowns on teams. You're not going to find a team in the SEC that can't hit this year. It's not happening. Last Wednesday, I went on our show and literally begged and pleaded for fans not to give up on Mississippi State. Jordan, their ERA star-wise is over uh, 7.5. Right? Yep. 7.5 right. ERA. Pennywise, they came, into the, they came into the weekend, nine dudes hitting 290 or above.
0: Yeah, Nine.
4: So, you go into Georgia again, and you have a lot of the same situation now. You just got to go in there and win the series. You can't worry about winning the West anymore. Because no. I know that Arkansas has Vandy this weekend and easily could lose. You just got to worry about winning and getting a national seed. That's the only thing that matters at this point.
0: No the only question. thing that
4: matters. Because what you get in the box, goofy things can happen, right?
1: Yeah. You got to win. You got to win two out of three. And that's why I, 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 I'm not the manager, not the coach, but I would move Floyd to Sunday. I really would. And now you got the starter on Friday. You got the closer on Sunday. And in between, hey, if you get Saturday, it's lanyard that's just me right um we, we we shall see but you're you're very right when you get to regional play and all that kind of stuff um no question about it but I mean wh- where does this pitching coach go I mean I, I believe and I've said this and you tell me again uh, I think it's all between the ears I think these guys are so afraid to throw a ball and to walk a player that they're aiming their throws rather than just going back and throwing it and if you get hit you get hit I understand. But man, these bases on balls, these free passes—it's got to stop. And I think it's all between the ears. I really do.
4: Well, and specifically on Sunday, right? It, like, yep. You just can't walk two guys and then give up a home run. It, it, it just cannot happen. I would rather you get single, single home run, at least. You know, at least you're throwing strikes. But these free passes, Georgia, Mississippi State left twenty-four people on base in two games. So it could have been worse. It could have been much worse, and you needed Tommy White in this offense to go crazy again. and it, it, it just it hurts because you could squander what could be one of the best all-time lineups that yes. we've ever seen. right? Like I mean, a national, cha- well, 20-
1: a national championship yeah. team does not blow a 13- to4 lead at home. It that just doesn't ball. happen.
4: They don't. The only thing that you can hope for, the only thing you can hope for, is having a situation where, like in 1997, okay, when LSU's getting absolutely ran out the, the conference thing there and, and against Alabama, and then you just somehow, some way, found it in the tournament. Now, that team had a worse ERA than you do right now, right? So, yeah. which is crazy to believe, but it all comes down to Jordan. When does this team get hot? Can this staff get hot? Now you've got injuries, but you're gonna have you're gonna have to have some of these young guys step up. It, it, there's just there's nothing else you can do. I don't know where you go. I have no idea. Where I don't you either. Go. If they're gonna continue to get up runs, what do you do?
1: Yeah. I'm with you that nobody has the answer, but I'm sure they're trying to figure it out. The good thing is uh, Dylan Cruz, whatever that little mini slump, they say that whatever he was in, he certainly um, got on the right track on Sunday. So that's good. Tommy White was hitting over 400 at one point in time. Uh, he's having a great year. They got the sticks. There's no question about that. Uh, they, you're right. They can't have a Saturday where they only get seven hits. They got it they, and four runs. They just got to keep hitting, man. And score and score and score, and I I really believe Ty Floyd needs to. They need to tell him, man. Look, we got to get you through seven. We 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 just keep pitching, man. He only he went six innings. He gave up five hits, one run, struck out ten, walked one. I mean, that's that's all star pitching right there. But as right. soon as he left, it was over. As soon as he left, done.
4: Well, well, LSU does have some some options now. The, the one, and he hasn't really pitched all year, he's got one, one appearance, is Aiden Moffat Now, Aiden Moffitt's a guy that's going to run it up there in 90, 96, 97, 98, okay? The problem has been is him throwing balls. But, Jordy, at what point do you not give Aiden Moffitt a chance and, and go out there and just tell him, hey, look, listen, I, I know that you might throw some balls. Just go out there and throw because Christian Little's not doing anything better. Okay, so they do have some arms that they haven't gone to. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I highly doubt Jay pulls Aiden Moffitt at this at this stage from a redshirt year.
1: I say it all the time. I will not be fully appreciated till I'm long gone. Move Ty Floyd to Sunday this weekend and uh, <laughs> see what happens. I'm just telling you. Blake Rafino, always fun. Uh, enjoy the Are You Serious podcast that you do frequently and you do an outstanding job. Thank you, my friend.
4: Thanks, Jordy. See you Monday.
1: Take care. Blake Rafino with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with some football birthday wishes next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: And our great sponsors, some of them, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all by ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and in permanent fat reduction. Beak season right around the corner. Come on, let's go. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, by the Louisiana lottery. You can't win until you start playing. And when you play, you're gonna win. And by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted, and Cajun Chef. Oh, Cher, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a steak. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, we're back finishing touches on this Monday, May 15th edition. We tried to solve all the LSU baseball problems, but in reality, you just got to go play. Somebody's got to step up. P- plain and simple. Who is it going to be? Your guess is as good as mine. We just hope it's somebody. Good luck to the Tigers, Cajuns. Cowboys in softball, all three dancing in the tournament. Uh, special thanks to Chris Roseviglue with the Saints, Glenn West, Tigers, Ali Cassell, NBA, Lake Rafino, Tigers. If today, May 15th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Share it with two uh, Hall of Fame football players. Ray Lewis, 48 years old today, and Florida Gator, Dallas Cowboy, Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith is 54 years old today. So I uh, hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Um, and thanks to you, James Mesh, for all you do in the producer's chair. Thanks to all of you for listening in to our partners. You make it possible each and every day. Come up back tomorrow. Same time, two to four, same great stations. One oh three, seven Lafayette, one oh four, one Lake Charles. Until then, Bob Rose, black and gold report amongst many things that we'll be covering. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Speak kind to one another and be happy. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody.